Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. The first time I realized that Jesus took the absolute penalty, punishment, all of it for my sins, that was freedom for me. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Thursday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today, I'm continuing to teach on the power of partnership. I have an album here, CD and DVD album, that's just two teachings in here. And uh, this is what I'm teaching on. We also are offering a DVD on financial breakthroughs, which is five testimonies of people that have proven this and put it to practice in their life. And then we have this teaching on financial stewardship that is just a teaching on all things concerning prosperity, what the Bible has to say about it. And uh, it's really been good. I've, I've covered a lot of material. If you've missed any of this, you can go to our website and you can look at the archived teachings that I've done, or you can get these materials. You can go to our website and you can get the materials right there. There's just a lot of ways you can take advantage of this. But I tell you, this is important. A lot of people have heard the importance of giving, but they don't do it on a systematic. It's not, uh, it's not strategic. They just give emotionally. They call, I call it emotional giving, uh, reactionary giving. And you aren't going to have uh, a consistent uh, prosperity flow in your life if you just give occasionally, emotionally, based on how you feel and things like this. It would be similar to the way that a person goes out and plants their seed. If they just every once in a while, you know, threw a seed out there, they aren't going to have the same harvest and the same degree of prosperity as if they go about it and work and plan and think ahead. You know, farmers don't just sit there and whenever they feel like it, give. There's a certain time to give. There's a time to sow. There's a time to reap. It has to be systematic. It has to be strategic. And in the same way, your giving shouldn't be just emotional. It shouldn't be sporadic. It ought to be on purpose. And when you become a partner with a ministry, it doesn't matter if it's a ministry, a church. I'm not just saying this about myself. This is true of you with your church, with everything. You need to give on a consistent systematic basis. And this is what we've been talking about, the power of partnership. It's obvious what it does for the church or for the ministry that you give to, but most people don't understand how much it blesses you. I was using yesterday Philippians chapter 1 where Paul was thanking God for the Philippians for their partnership in the gospel. That's verse 5. The word that was uh, translated fellowship in the English there in the Greek, it literally is the Greek word koinonia, and it means partnership. These Philippians were people who had partnered with Paul. A partner is a person who gives beyond what it takes for them just to receive. In other words, if you go into, you know, McDonald's, you pay McDonald's for what you've got. But if you were to give more than what it costs for you to get, if you were to give an offering, well, then you would become a partner. You would be an investor. You would be helping McDonald's, you know, to reach far beyond just what it costs to feed you and you'd be helping them to reach other people. Now, McDonald's isn't set up that way, and so people don't do that. But with a ministry, this is what you're doing. If you just give to get materials, something that can help you, that's one thing, and that's good, and there is a blessing on that. But partnership is when you give beyond 
what it costs for you to prosper and to receive, and you are going to help somebody else. And these Philippians were partners with the Apostle Paul. Over here in the fourth chapter and in verse 10, Paul said, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. What this is speaking about is, is in those days, they didn't have the Internet, they didn't have television, they didn't have cell phones, they didn't have a mail system. Uh, Paul was out of pocket. Like, for instance, when he was arrested and in transit to Rome, he was in prison for two years in Judea, and then he was in transit to Rome for a year. He was shipwrecked on an island, Mylita, and these people didn't know where he was. But as soon as he arrived in Rome, and Paul was writing this book to the Philippians from his imprisonment in Rome, these people found out he was there, and this is what he's talking about, that I rejoice greatly that at last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were careful. In other words, you wanted to help me before, but he, they didn't know where he was, didn't know how to contact him. And then he says this in verse 11, Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. You know what he's saying? He says, I'm not thanking God that you have found me and that you've contributed to me. And like I said on my program yesterday, if you turn over to Acts chapter 27 and 28, Paul was arrested in Rome, but he was allowed to dwell for two whole years in a hired house. He was under house arrest. He wasn't free, but they let him hire a house. How does a prisoner hire a house? It's because these Philippians and possibly some other people, but these Philippians sent and supported him and paid for this hired house. Man, this is significant. These people were partners with Paul. They didn't have to do that. They had already received the gospel. They had already gotten the truth. Their lives were already changed. It wasn't about them. They were helping the apostle Paul as he gave witness in Rome before Nero and before all of the people in, in uh, Caesar's household. And Paul was making an impact, and they were supporting him. And he says, the reason I'm rejoicing isn't the fact that you came and helped me. It's the fact that you love me and that you love the gospel and that you were investing your money. That money is an expression of who you are. Your times and talents have been sown, and this is your payment back. And you are taking a portion of who you are and what you have, and you are sowing it to help get the gospel out to other people. And this is the reason that Paul was rejoicing, not because of the money coming to him, but he, how he knew it was going to bless the other people. Man, that's awesome. Paul says, I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. This is another verse that we often take out of context and we just make it a blanket statement that, you know, through Christ you can do anything. And that is true. It's not a totally wrong application. But when you look at it in context, Paul was saying that he had learned how to do things when he was struggling financially, when he didn't have anything. He had learned how to be abased. He had learned how to be abound. And he was talking specifically in this area of finances. Now, again, I believe it has multiple applications. I quote it and I use it that way. I'm not saying it's wrong, but you need to remember the context. He was talking about financially 
Sometimes people supported him. Sometimes it was because they lacked opportunity. They didn't have the ability to know where he was. And he had learned how to just adjust and do whatever it took to continue his ministry. And in verse 14, he says, Notwithstanding, you have well done that you did communicate with my affliction. In other words, he's saying, It's a good thing that you have sent, that you have found me, that you persevered. It's a good thing. When you go beyond just giving in order to receive materials and to receive ministry directly, it's a good thing when you partner with the ministry and give beyond your own needs so that you can help somebody else. Paul is saying it's a good thing that you did communicate with my affliction. And and I mentioned this earlier, but this is powerful to me in verse 15. He says, Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. Now that is tragic, really. The Apostle Paul laid his life down, suffered possibly more than the vast majority of people that have ever been called into ministry. He suffered more than most people. And yet, the vast majority of the people that he ministered to, they may have helped him when he was there. They probably invited him into their homes. He may have slept in their homes. He may have eaten some food. The people may have helped him while he was there. But once he was gone, out of sight, out of mind, and people were just caught up in their own life. You know, this happens today, that there are people, it's just all about themselves. And uh, anyway, I'm not trying to condemn anybody, but I am saying that that is a very poor attitude. If you are all wrapped up in yourself, you make a very small package. Jesus said that it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And ministers, again, use that many times to manipulate people. And most people don't really believe in what Jesus said there, but that is absolutely true. There is a much greater... It's, it's more fun for me to give than to receive. You know, if somehow or another I had so much money that I couldn't even use it all, I would just love to give. I give a lot of money. I give hundreds of thousands of dollars per month away in tangible money, but then we also give away the vast majority of my materials. You know, uh, I now, when I, when I began in ministry, I would tell people it's free. And people were thinking I didn't even want their money. We actually, you know, back when we had cassette tapes, I'd stack them up 30 high, one subject, and we would provide grocery bags. And people would come and just open up that grocery bag and rake off 30 uh, CDs of the same topic into their bag. And I'd let them have it. But, you know, after a while, I thought, this just isn't good. And so we started encouraging people to get five tapes a week and then three tapes a week, and we would give it to them free. And then uh, eventually I've gotten out of where I say that, look, we encourage you to give. God will bless you if you give, but if you can't give, you can receive this. We will usually take an album or something that, you know, maybe costs 20 or $30, and we'll say, here's a suggested amount and then we'll give away each one of the teachings in it one by one. My desire is to give. And we do encourage people to give back and stuff, but I'm saying that if you really understood the benefit of giving and how it blesses you, it's more blessed to give than to receive. 
AND THIS IS WHAT THE APOSTLE PAUL IS SAYING. HE SAYS, EVEN IN THESSALONICA, YOU SENT ONCE AND AGAIN, TWICE UNTO MY NECESSITIES, AND HE SAID, NOT BECAUSE I DESIRE A GIFT, BUT I DESIRE FRUIT THAT MAY ABOUND TO YOUR ACCOUNT. THE APOSTLE PAUL KNEW THAT PEOPLE WHO PARTNERED WITH HIM, WHO GAVE BEYOND WHAT IT COST JUST FOR THEM TO RECEIVE THE TRUTH, BUT THEY WANTED TO SHARE AND HELP OTHER PEOPLE RECEIVE THE TRUTH, HE KNEW THAT IT WAS GOING TO BE FRUIT THAT WOULD ABOUND TO THEIR ACCOUNT. AND I MENTIONED THIS EARLIER IN THE WEEK, BUT IT'S NOT ONLY FRUIT IN THIS LIFE AS FAR AS MONEY COMING BACK A HUNDRED TIMES, MARK CHAPTER 10, I BELIEVE IT'S VERSE 30, TALKS ABOUT YOU'LL RECEIVE A HUNDREDFOLD IN THIS LIFE WITH PERSECUTIONS AND IN THE WORLD TO COME, EVERLASTING LIFE. SO YOU'LL RECEIVE A HUNDREDFOLD IN THIS LIFE, BUT NOT ONLY HERE, IN ETERNITY, YOU'RE GOING TO HAVE PEOPLE THAT WILL WELCOME YOU INTO ETERNITY. YOU KNOW, IF YOU REALLY UNDERSTOOD WHAT I'M SAYING, IF YOU'RE UNDERSTANDING WHAT PAUL WAS SAYING, THAT THIS IS FRUIT THAT WILL ABOUND TO YOUR ACCOUNT, IF WE REALLY HAD A GODLY REVELATION, IF YOU WOULD OPEN UP YOUR HEART AND LET THE HOLY SPIRIT SPEAK TO YOU ABOUT THIS, IT WOULD CHANGE YOUR WHOLE PARADIGM. INSTEAD OF THINKING ABOUT HOW MUCH CAN I GET, YOU KNOW, BASICALLY THE AMERICAN DREAM IS GET ALL YOU CAN, CAN ALL YOU GET, AND THEN YOU JUST SIT ON YOUR CAN AND DO NOTHING. THAT'S THE WAY THAT MOST PEOPLE APPROACH LIFE. BUT IF YOU UNDERSTOOD FRUIT, IF YOU UNDERSTOOD THAT YOU COULD TAKE MONEY AND TURN SOMETHING THAT IS JUST, YOU KNOW, A MAN-MADE THING, PAPER OR COINS, YOU COULD TAKE SOMETHING THAT SOMEDAY IS GOING TO BE DESTROYED. MONEY WILL BE GONE. THIS WHOLE EARTH IS GOING TO BE DESTROYED WITH A fervent HEAT. AND I CAN GUARANTEE YOU, IF YOU BUILD YOUR HOUSE OUT OF STEEL, IF YOU BUILD IT OUT OF STONE, IT'S GOING TO ALL BE MELTED AND IT'LL ALL BE GONE SOMEDAY. IT DOESN'T MATTER HOW YOU TRY AND INVEST YOUR MONEY. IF YOU PUT IT INTO PRECIOUS JEWELS, DIAMONDS, THE HARDEST SUBSTANCE WE KNOW, SOMEDAY ALL OF THIS IS GOING TO BE GONE. BUT IF YOU TAKE A PORTION OF THAT AND INVEST IT IN CHANGING PEOPLE'S LIVES, THEN SOMETHING THAT IS TEMPORARY AND HAS AN EXPIRATION DATE, MONEY, CAN BE TURNED INTO SOMETHING ETERNAL, CHANGED LIVES THAT WILL BE BENEFITING YOU THROUGHOUT ETERNITY. IF YOU COULD REALLY UNDERSTAND WHAT PAUL IS SAYING, THAT I DESIRE FRUIT THAT MAY ABOUND TO YOUR ACCOUNT, IF YOU COULD UNDERSTAND THAT THIS WOULD BLESS YOU, THEN IT WOULD CHANGE YOUR WHOLE APPROACH. INSTEAD OF SAYING, OH GOD, HOW MUCH CAN I GET? HOW, how BIG CAN MY HOUSE BE? I MEAN, HOW BIG DOES YOUR BATHROOM HAVE TO BE FOR YOU TO TAKE CARE OF BUSINESS? AMEN. YOU KNOW, I TRAVEL THE WORLD, AND I HAVE BEEN IN HOMES ALL OVER THE WORLD, AND THE TYPICAL AMERICAN BATHROOM IS BIGGER THAN MOST PEOPLE'S BEDROOMS. I MEAN, HOW BIG DOES YOUR HOUSE HAVE TO BE? HOW MANY BEDS DO YOU HAVE TO HAVE TO SLEEP AT NIGHT? AGAIN, I'M NOT SAYING THAT GOD IS CHEAP AND THAT GOD DOESN'T WANT YOU TO HAVE A NICE PLACE. THAT'S NOT WHAT I'M SAYING, BUT I'M SAYING THAT MOST PEOPLE'S FOCUS IS ON FINANCES FOR THEM. BUT WHEN YOU UNDERSTAND THIS PROPERLY, PAUL IS SAYING, I DIDN'T SAY THESE THINGS. I DON'T DESIRE YOUR PARTNERSHIP BECAUSE OF WHAT IT'S BENEFITING ME. I DESIRE FRUIT THAT MAY ABOUND TO YOUR ACCOUNT. AND HE WAS... IT INCLUDES FINANCES SO THAT YOU CAN PROSPER HERE IN THIS LIFE, BUT IT'S PRIMARILY ETERNAL. WHEN YOU INVEST, WHEN YOU BECOME A PARTNER, I MEAN, you, IT HAS RETURNS THAT ARE OUT OF THIS WORLD. A PERSON IS NOT FOOLISH TO TAKE SOMETHING THAT IS GOING TO PERISH, MONEY, AND TURN IT INTO SOMETHING THAT WILL NEVER PERISH AND MAKE IT ETERNAL. YOU HAVE A CHANCE TO MAKE SOMETHING THAT IS TEMPORARY INTO SOMETHING ETERNAL. 
If we were long-term thinkers, if we were thinking about eternity, I guarantee you we would live a much more frugal life. Now, again, don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that God wants you to be poor and only have one set of clothes and stuff like that. God is El Shaddai and not El Chipo. He doesn't mind you having nice things. But I'm saying that the focus shouldn't be on what you get. The focus should be on giving. And, you know, this is, this is hard to explain to people. You have to receive it by revelation. But I'll just say it, and hopefully the Holy Spirit will help you to understand this. But if you could get to where you sought first the kingdom of God, not secondly, not thirdly, not after all of your needs are taken care of, but if you would put first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, then all of these things would be added unto you. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And the things that are listed in those verses right in front of that are what you eat, where you sleep, what you're clothed with. In other words, your needs. God would take care of your needs supernaturally if you would put Him first. Again, this is not saying that you don't uh, have things and that you live in some poverty level and just take everything you've got and give it away. But if you would put first the kingdom of God, God will take care of you better accidentally than you could ever take care of yourself on purpose. I really believe that. I could give you testimony after testimony. That's what these testimonies right here are. You know, we've got some good friends here, Rick and Mitzi Pudlow. And uh, anyway, you could get this. This is one of our offerings to you this week. But Rick and Mitzi, actually, when they first heard me, were living in a VW uh, bug, and Mitzi was eight months pregnant. And they were sleeping in the bug. They had nothing. But they begin to get hold of these truths. They begin to prosper. And now Rick has an export business. I don't know exactly what their net worth is, but I know they've given us a lot of money. They are blessed. They're well off, and God has prospered them. I know that they have an office in Dubai. I mean, it's an international ministry. And, it, and they started from nothing, and they begin to prosper. But their heart is to give. They are givers. And I tell you, when you get this attitude, if, you, if God can get His money through you to establish the kingdom and to bless other people, then He'll get it to you. Matter of fact, it says over in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10, it says, Now he that ministers seed to the sower, both minister bread to your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. This says that God gives seed to sowers. This isn't talking about physical seed. It's using that as an example of money. If you take chapter 8 and chapter 9, every verse in these two chapters is all talking about money. And it's comparing it to seed because just like seed, you can eat it, you can consume it on yourself, and it'll help you there. But if you consume all of it and don't sow some of it, you're going to eventually be hungry. Likewise with money. You can use money to bless you, and that's good, and God wants to bless you and take care of your needs, but you need to be smart enough to sow some of it, or you're going to wind up being hungry in the future. So it says, He that ministers seed to the sower, you could say money to people who are givers, people who will sow and not just take all of that money and use it for themselves. So let me say it this way. If you are short of money, it's because God doesn't see you as a sower, as a giver. He sees you as a taker. 
You're like a vacuum cleaner that's just going around and constantly suck, sucking everything towards yourself. You were just thinking about, my name is Jimmy. Gimme, gimme, gimme. My name is Jimmy. Gimme more. That's the attitude of most people. You're trying to consume it upon yourself. But if God can find somebody who is a giver, a sower, God will give seed to you. He will give money to you. If He can get it through you, He will get it to you. Man, that is powerful. And I know that some people are thinking, this does not make sense. I don't have enough money for everything I want right now. And if I start taking a portion of what I got and I give it away, I'm going to have even less. I'm not moving towards my goals. I'm moving away from my goals. Did you know that would be true if there wasn't a God who promised that when you give, it will be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men give into your bosom. Luke 6, 38. If there wasn't a God who promised that He would give seed to people that will give, well, then it's true that to take a portion of what you have and give it away would put you further away from your goals. But since there is a God who prospered you and promised that when you put first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, He will give you all these other things. Since there is a God who has promised to prosper you when you start sowing, then the way to prosperity isn't by hoarding and holding. It's by opening up your hands and sowing and giving. You can give yourself into prosperity. Amen. And I know, I've said this before, but we've got millions, billions of people that can watch this program on a daily basis. And I know that there are millions and millions of people saying this, this doesn't work this way. It does work this way. If I had time, I could give you examples. You know, I have given, Jamie and I have given, we have given, I couldn't even tell you, but it is hundreds of millions of dollars. Well, let me just, hundreds of millions of teachings. I've given away books, CDs, DVDs. We've probably given away, uh, I don't know, hundreds of millions of teachings in actual albums and stuff like this. And then if you include our website where we have free downloads, over 400 of my teachings and so many of our videos and things, free downloads, we have given away hundreds and hundreds of millions of teachings. And you know, in the natural, that just doesn't make any sense. And yet God has blessed me, blessed me, blessed me. It just, I mean, God is prospering me. And I'm telling you, it works. I could give you specifics. I could talk about my house. I had a, a house built for me that was probably one half of what it would have cost otherwise. And I did that because I was a giver and I was a sower and God just blessed me. And I had people come and bless me back. It works. And I know some of you are thinking, I don't believe this. Well, then it won't work for you. But if you will believe it and mix it with faith, this is how you prosper. You need to become a partner in the ministry. You need to become a giver. And you know, I've still got more to share. I've run out of time today, but on our program tomorrow, I'm going to continue this teaching. I've got a two-part series here entitled The Power of Partnership. I've got it on CDs and DVDs. We have this DVD that I mentioned, Rick and Mitzi Pudlow, and we have their testimony on here along with four others, and that would be a real encouragement to you. And then I've got this book entitled Financial Stewardship. If you'll listen, our announcer will give you some information about how you can receive these products, and please call or write today. So for me, being a partner is partaking in the blessings as well as giving support to people to tell them that we're behind them and, and we want to be part of what they're doing. 
It's just awesome to be able to put good seed in good ground. And every blessing of Andrew's we feel and know that it's a blessing of ours. Jamie and I are here just to thank you so much for being partners with us. I tell you, we are reaching around the world. I remember when Jamie and I were it. I would run the sound while she was doing the praise and worship, and then she'd come back and run the sound while I was preaching. We did it all ourselves. Now we have so many people helping us, and it couldn't happen without you. It's very true. We're very thankful for our partners and what they're doing, and you're going around the world too, and everything that this Amen. ministry does. Amen. So we just wanted to say a special thank you and uh, we love you and every good thing that is happening through this ministry, you're gonna share in every one of those rewards. So God bless you. Thank you for being a partner with us. If you're not already a partner, you can become a Grace Partner today by calling our helpline or going to awmi.net. As a thank you for becoming a partner, Andrew would like to offer you the CD album of today's teaching on the power of partnership as his gift to you. Also available today is the Power of Partnership Package, which includes the Financial Stewardship Book, the Financial Breakthroughs DVD, and your choice of either the Power of Partnership CD or DVD album. This package has a catalog value of $55, but you can get it today for only $39. For those of you who would like to be partners with us, We've got a lot of things going on, and the thing that right now that the Lord has really laid on my heart is to get our parking garage paid off as quickly as possible. We actually have a $23 million loan on that 1,022 space parking garage. It's five stories tall, and I tell you, it is such a blessing. We are using it. It's a godsend, but we need to get it paid off. And the Lord laid on my heart to just ask for 23,000 people to give $1,000. And I know that that's a lot of money for some people, for other people, it's not a problem. But you know, if you gave $100 a month for 10 months, it would only take 10 months for us to come up with that. And if we get this paid off within just the next few months, I'll save nearly $7 million in interest. And if the Lord has led you to join with us, we have what we call a 1K club, and you can contact us. We have the number on your screen. Let somebody know about it because we need to designate this money towards that. But we believe that we're getting our parking garage paid off quickly. And thank you for being a part of this. Join with Andrew and become part of the 1K Club today by going to awmi.net or calling our helpline at 719-635-1111. Remember, you can order materials, become a Grace Partner, or join the 1K Club by going to awmi.net. Or you can call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. Before you were even formed in your mother's womb, God already had determined a purpose for your life, a God-given purpose. 
God has a purpose to train you in what you're called to do. And I tell you, Karis Bible College is the place for that. Man, if you want a life change, come to Karis. Come on to Karis. The next two to three years could be the most powerful time of your life. If you sit under the Word for four hours a day, for five days a week, for two or three years, I guarantee you, you are going to have God speak to you and start revealing purpose to you. Every one of you were created for a purpose. Do you know what that purpose is? Come and join us for the 2019 Healing is Here Conference. This will be an extraordinary time of healing and inspiration from the Word of God. Mark your calendars for August 13th through 16th and join us in Woodland Park, Colorado for this free conference.